Hello, everyone. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Doing good? How about you? Guess who's on? It's Angie. Angie's here. Angie's here. Angie's here. Who is Angie? (laughs) Hello. You'll never know who Angie is. But anyway, we know who Angie is. She is uh, one of our Mr. Robot homies, longtime listener of the podcast, and uh, a good friend of ours, actually, just a personal good friend of ours. She's seen me ugly cry um, Mm -hmm. in my own home. Mm -hmm. She's witnessed me ugly cry. So she's here today. We're going to talk about, (laughs) (laughs) so you know, one of our favorite topics is Mr. Robot. The, The last season is coming up. There's a lot to sort of like unpack before we get into, even before it happens, and one of the things that Angie did recently is she went to Tribeca to the Mr. Robot panel. So I was like, what is happening with that? So let's just get right into it. Let's just get into what you saw at Tribeca and your takeaway from that panel. And also what didn't happen, who wasn't there. We're going to talk about all that. Okay. Oh, all of that. Yeah, take you want all the tea. I want the tea, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me on here. I awesome. going to Tribeca and seeing Sam Esmail, Rami Malek, Christian Slater, Carly Chaikin was just a dream come true for me because I've been a huge fan of Mr. Robot since since day one, since before day one. Yeah. So just kind of seeing him. And I, I've seen Rami speak on different panels before, but to actually see Sam Esmail, the show creator, uh, the showrunner, kind of speak directly and kind of just see his like the way he interacts with the actors was just a really really big treat for me and um so let's see it happened scott feinberg was the moderator and i think he's a great a great interviewer he always seems to have the right questions very very safe questions if you will yeah uh, but i think it it, it flowed the conversation very well it was actually one of the one of the better panels that i had been to um let's see here is there a video of it out somewhere have yeah, asked, there is. There is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Because yeah, all, all I've seen is what you've shown me and your play-by-play. So I need to go and catch up and, like, watch the whole thing. So, okay, cool. That's something I can treat myself Yeah, I later. can send you the link. There there yeah. were there was a full, like, camera crew in there and, ton, and tons of uh, press Hell people. Oh yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. So some of the some of the questions. I mean, it's it's been covered quite heavily already. But some of the questions that I took away that kind of really made me just feel more connected with Sam and with the show and with the characters. Um, I, I took some notes here. First off, um, he directed towards Rami Malek. What was it like? You know, becoming Elliot, or what? What was your process in becoming Elliot? And he, you know, explained how as he was discovering the character. You know, you know, homie loves to do the deep dive on all of his characters. Yes, he does. Um, yes, he does. He talked about how it was just really incre- to get into that incredibly lonely space that he would walk around New York just with the hoodie on and, and the actual backpack. He would just walk around um, the town. He would go into grocery stores and just not interact with anybody. He would walk into elevators and just kind of be in that mode, like Elliot mode. And he would just kind of go into an elevator and look up for the cameras. Every room he went into, he just kind of scanned the room and kind of see where his escape would be. So it was really interesting for him to tell that story you know that's good to hear isn't it I mean it's good to hear that he doesn't just like he's not phoning it in you know he's got himself an Oscar he's got himself you know all the awards he's got a bunch of hardware up in his mama house because you know that bitch ain't leaving it in this house and he's still like out there committing to this character that heartens me does that not hearten you did he ever get lost or did security ever like be like, yo, dude, what are you and doing? It is the day of like people be calling the cops when like they see a suspicious person. 
Yeah. But he's not white, so they probably like he ike. <laughs> yeah, he did say that there were moments it was very difficult. He said he'd be in the grocery store and it would be time to pay the cashier and he would just just kind of look down in his Elliot mode, hand over. He like kind of mimicked it as well. He's like, you know, I would never I would never interact with the cashier. I wouldn't say thank you to them. And he said and he said that it was just so hard because that's not his normal character. That's like right. it's hard for him he's to do that. He's not that dude. People don't understand yeah. this. He's not a, he doesn't do morphine. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. he tried morphine. You know that boy. But I'm just saying, like, like, he's not that guy. He's, like, a really sociable, outgoing dude. He's not on social media. But just because you're not on social media doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. I think there's probably something healthier about the people who aren't social media. I'm like, there's days when I just think, I'm just going to grow a beard and get off of social media and see what it's like, you know? Maybe I would grow as a person. Maybe I would go and read again. I don't know. But one of the things that when you were telling me that he was doing that, I was like, are people just are all over New York going, Rami Malek is a fucking asshole. That <laughs> fucking dude wouldn't even look at me. Like, you know, he gets shit for like the, just nothing because the guy is not problematic at all. Well, he only did this to get into the first season, right? No, he did this recently, he you He does said. this all, all the time before each no, season? I- he probably I'm going to guess that he probably did this a lot more in the first season, but I would also um not be remiss if he's continuing to do this just to kind of stay in that character. Huh. He always says that's he's what not I'm method, getting from this, that he's doing this now. I think he's like semi-method when it comes to if that's even a thing and yeah. to his acting. But um and especially in the beginning, if he's walking around staring into the ground, that's every other person in New York, right? So nobody right. probably gave yeah. nobody can about, you're right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. They're like, no, whatever. Another asshole in a hoodie yeah. who gives a shit. Yeah. Exactly. People just people in New York just that's how it is. And so it was probably easier for him. And, but him him coming from, you know, California, where it's just kind of a different environment here where we're kind yeah. of used to like looking at each other. We're not used, you know, uh, looking at each other more. Um, uh, now it's probably it's probably more and he's getting more slack. It's him. probably it's probably like, you know, where's Waldo? It's like, where's Rami now? So it's yeah. like a game people probably play. If they could spot I play him. it all the time. I'm trying to find out where this bitch is all the time. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I want to know what he's doing right now. Rami, what you doing right now? What you doing right now, boy? Sleep time. What you doing? He probably is. He probably just woke up. It's 3.09, so he just right. woke up. Yes. <laughs> so right, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm just I'm going to respond to these things. So next thing that your oh, takeaway. So yeah. Rami says he got into the character. And, and you're saying that he did that recently. So that's oh, – I'm loving that. Even I'm just – I love that. I'm just – I love that. And go. Okay. That's great. Yeah, definitely. And I, I thought that was really um, – it just really – reflects exactly who he is and who we've grown to know Rami Malek as an actor and also just as growing Elliot as a character. Um, one of the things I thought was a great uh, question to bring up from Scott Feinberg was the voiceover. Like, how did that come about? How was, um, you know, how was that conceptualized? And Sam said that the voiceover part was the first thing that he ever wrote and that in order to stay genuine, um, you had to have that voiceover there not only the genuine within the storyline, but just to also really naturally tell the story to the audience. And he said that um, in order to make Elliot as complicated as he was, that the voiceover had to be there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it really is a huge part of it. I mean, it's part of all of it, not not just the camel, camera angles that are isolating the force perspective and all of that. What it just grabbed me, you know, the first five minutes of the, the pilot was that they, they always tell you in writing school, and I think Sam has reiterated this, you know, don't ever use first-person narration. Bitch, catch her in the rye. 
is is written in first person. Mm-hmm. Like that is just such a, a garbage thing to tell writers. And especially if you have a complicated character with DID, I mean, of course you're going to need to do this. He's not going to tell you what he's feeling. He's not going to be touchy feely. You know, I mean, Sam right. won't even let Rami, you know, pet flicker. So, I mean, you got to put a first person narration in there. And what is that? Sarah's in his ear giving him the copy when he's doing the performance, right? Is Sarah still doing that? You know, they didn't make any mention of her, and I was wondering if, if there would there would there that would come up, and yeah. I, I have no idea. I'm guessing yes. Yeah, because there's a girl, Sarah. Yeah. She was a PA, season one, and they had her, like, Rami was trying out different voices. He didn't want it to be male. I understand that. He wanted something that wasn't, that was not, you know, that he could just listen to, and he liked the way Sarah read the copy, sort of auditioned PAs around the set, I'm imagining. I don't know. I came to find Sarah, and he liked the way she delivered it. <laughs> and at one point, she actually made his ears bleed, I think, because she was yelling in his ear because he wanted her to mm-hmm. get louder. But so I, then Sam snatched her up as his assistant and brought her on, like, the team, and then there was a little bit of a power struggle. I mean, a friendly one of, I'm going to keep Sarah at least for the narration, right? So mm-hmm. am I making yeah. that up? Am I just making up stuff now? Am no, I you're just, not. <laughs> I'm just pulling shit out of my ass. No, this is what Rami's godly. doing right now. He's having uh, bacon egg. No, just <laughs> <laughs> another coffee. Yeah, He's exactly. always having a coffee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's see here. Oh, and he, he actually made a comment um, about Rami. It's not hard to connect with what Rami does as Elliot. And I really felt like it was just this whole like lovey-dovey campaign between Rami and Sam. Like it was this nonstop of just one upping each other on, um, on just who's 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 a better person, who's better on the show, and it's because of Sam that this show is better. No, it's because of Rami, and it was just like back and forth the whole time. Were you rolling so your eyes, or did you like it? A little bit of both. <laughs> I like it. it was really sweet. It was really sweet because you can see, you know, both everyone on the show has just grown and has become so continues to be successful, and just to see everybody so humble and just praising each other and raising each other up for the su- success of Mr. Robot, it was just really, really heartwarming. You know, so. because it's true. I mean, like if yeah. if Rami hadn't have come in and given it to what he had, um, yeah. Elliot might not have landed the way he did. And without, you know, the opportunity, Rami would have maybe continued on being the unsung brilliance and like an ensemble or something. So I get the mutual blowjobs between these two guys because not your phrase, mine, that, you know, I'm, I totally get it. They they brought each other. They elevated each other. They really did make each other. Um, and they're continuing to work together, yes. right? Going, like projects going forward. Yes. So. Yes. And that's, they were laughing that uh, Rami went to the upfronts, you know, like you get an Oscar. I think Seth Meyers said, you know, you get an Oscar and you can't get out of going to the upfronts. And Rami was like, what are you laughing at? Like, I'm, this show made me. I wouldn't have gotten Bohemian Rhapsody or Be Where I Am, Bond and everything, mm-hmm. even though they've blown, they blown up the set over James Bond. I think Rami should run away from that motherfucker. But anyway. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> run, bitch, run. I'm just saying, like, I get them being the mutual appreciation society with each other. I totally understand that. And I, that's endearing to hear. I like that. That's cute. Yeah, he, he actually, Rami said that this show put him in a position where 
people can actually see what he was really capable of doing. Because we know, for all the Rami Malek super fans out there, we know that it's been a long road. Like this isn't the first thing he's ever done, but it's always been lots of little little pieces. He, there's been a few big pieces as well, but nothing really had put him on the map until this. So you Not could tell that, yeah. right? That he is forever indebted to all of the successes from the show. Cool. Yeah. How was Christian? Um, was Christian? Happy. It was so great. It was so because um, you know I've I fanned over Christian for for many many years long before Mr. Robot and to see him up there and you just sometimes when you see celebrities in person you just don't know what to expect. Are they going to be jerks? Are they going to be cocky? Yeah. Is he be nice? I didn't get a chance to interact with them personally, um, but just kind of seeing the banter that they had on the stage and he's kind of waving to all the fans in the audience, you could just tell that he's a sweet guy. Um, and there was actually a really cute story that they talked about um as they just started filming the show and they were talking about how Rami just came from the, straight from the Oscars literally the next day went straight to straight to set and so um Scott Feinberg had asked you know how do you all prepare you know total for the season for each episode each week and so on and then Christian says that um he actually records himself reading his lines and he just listens to himself just to kind of get um ready for for the day for the call and he said recently so at the time we were at the Tribeca, the week before, he recently misread the call sheet. And so when he got into set, he was freaking out because, you know, everybody's dependent. If it's his scene that they're filming that day, everyone's dependent on him. And he said that Rami just rose up, helped him, took him aside and helped him learn his lines and helped read with him. And just made sure he got him into a place so he was ready to to go for the day. So I thought that was really, Aww. really sweet. And again, it was another another sweet moment of everyone just kind of stroking each other. It was really, really sweet. That's awesome. And of course, Miss Carly. That girl is so sassy. I like her. She looked cute. I think she was, I saw, I was following the social media throughout the day. I think she took over what USA's Instagram that day. I think she took over the Who is Mr. Robot. Who is Mr. Robot. Yes. Yeah, yes. I believe yes. so. Yeah. So yeah. she was cute. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun. She, she was cheeky. I'm assuming. I'm just assuming that she was just her Carly self. And giving Rami yes. shit. She had to have given Rami shit. That's what she does. Yeah, yeah. They made the joke about how he's not as tech savvy. And she was kind of digging at him. How he could barely type on his phone or something like that. It was pretty. They're truly like a brother and sister. They're like siblings. They really so are. And I, I feel like, you know, he's already got, the, you know, uh, his sister Jasmine. And he's got, you know, Sammy. But, you know, Carly is always like, yeah, you got an Oscar, bitch. Mm-hmm. You ain't that important. I mean, I love that mm-hmm. he's got the... The 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 old school, the guy who was the teen heartthrob and Christian, who's been the bad boy and hit all the rungs all the way down and rose up out of that. And he's got that guy to remind him, like, how the world is. And then he's got Carly going, you ain't that important, bitch. <laughs> you know? You're right here right beside me. Like- oh, of course we do. I think that yeah. that's probably the most important thing that you can have in your toolkit as someone to love and support you, but also to remind you, you know, you still got to wipe your ass and you're still going to die one day. And you know, that Oscar might prop open the door of your trailer, but you still got to work, bitch. (laughs) I love it. Did you follow the the stories that day when she was doing the the live stories in the post? Yeah. So what you, what you saw in the live stories was exactly reflected them 
was a reflection of them on stage. Like there was nothing that changed. All their characters, all their personalities mm -hmm. was exactly the same when they were in front of the audience. So that was really sweet to see that these people are seem to be really cool in real life. On a personal note, I've noticed that since Emmy came up off of Shameless and moved to New York with Sam, I think they fully moved to New York. She's got him in the gym because from the pictures I looked, cool. Mr. Ismail be looking good. Maybe the yes. fine, fine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he walked out, and I looked over to the to the ladies to the right and to the left of me. I said, "Oh, Sam Esmail's looking really toned and really slim." Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I love. I love people looking good. Like he wasn't asking for a makeover, but like Emmy, like you know, she's got him uh, on the meal prep. You know, he's eating all the good stuff. Is he getting know? swole, or is it just? No, trim. I think he's trimming up. She's got him in the trim. gym. She's got him reading. You know, he's eating right. Because I think Sam is like, like if I didn't have you, I would eat like a 14-year-old boy. I would be eating out of a can of pork and beans. I'd be eating like pizza rolls and, you know, stoner food. I basically would eat a lot of processed food and be dead in a year. And you, right? Like he made this beautiful thing this morning. I have to tell it. He made, although... You know, I got two Filipinos up in here. Um, <laughs> spam and brown rice. It was brown rice, but it's spam and brown rice. And we had spinach in it. But it was a stir fry that I wanted to smack somebody's mama, somebody's Filipino mama, because it was so good. I had to Ooh. use the rest of the spam. It was so, so. good. Because we had we were just, every once in a while, yeah. you got, like, I have spam in the South. And then you, you like, spam food, spam is in the Filipino culture. So that's where our two cultures collide the Southern Pinot, and he made this beautiful, like, <laughs> stir-fry spam bowl this morning, and I was like, I don't know what to do without this man. And then you made me, but you made us a smoothie to get us started, a very healthy smoothie. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what I'd do with, with this dude. I'd be dead. I'd be dead in a ditch. So. Yeah, but Filipino food is, like, really, when you think about it, a lot of it's just really unhealthy. Yeah. Yes. So, like, when, like, like, the other day when we went to Big Boy, I mean, I brought home everything. He did. Like seventy dollars worth of Filipino oh food, girl. It was, <laughs> and it's just the two of you. It's I just know. the two. I'm like, when we, who's gonna eat this? We ain't got no kids. Like, we am not throwing a party. Like, I was like, this is the kind of stuff we should do when you know you come over. We should go to Big Boy. But you know, here's the thing about the food behind Big Boy Police Monsters is that her father, the chef over there, uh, I forget the chef's name. But she, her father had a heart attack, you know, because a lot of Filipino food, like Southern food, can be heavy, can be unhealthy. Like if you're eating lechon every day, I mean, like if you're eating these really heavy things. So she does take the time to make it a little bit more healthy. It's like Chin Chin. Well, when Chin yeah, Chin was famous see, in that, L.A., you know, like healthy le, Chinese food. That lechon, I don't know if they, like, decided not to do the baking. It, it tasted fried. Oh, so she said. Because I don't think people like. Because you know a bunch the, of Filipinos roll like, up in there and go, "What's what this, this shit? That's ain't like lechon, bitch." Who you think is going to keep the store? Yeah, I don't know. Like I think at the beginning we got some lechon, and she came out to explain because we met the chef that soft open, and she was like, "Yeah, I bake it." And I was sitting here just as you know, Whitey McWaterton going, "What's this shit?" It didn't taste. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't taste good baked. If I wanted to bake pork chop, I'd go to Rouse. Yeah. You have to fry it with the the, I digress. the squishy fat. No, like we're, like, we're talking about Mr. Robot, and then we're over here talking about Lachon. <laughs> That's just what happens. We're talking about Lachon. <laughs> it's just what happens, man. So welcome to our friendship. Right, welcome to our friendship. This is how it always goes. This is what we have. It. So here's what I noticed wasn't. Here's the person I noticed that wasn't there. So Portia Doubleday is not there. Um, 
I don't want to get up too much in people's business. I know there's rumor that him and Portia dated. Rami and, and Portia dated. It, it ended badly. I don't know what happened. I just know that it's really strange that, and now he's with Lucy, or he's not with Lucy, or he, she's a beard, or I, I don't, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. I don't give a shit. So here's my thing, though. I thought it was very weird that Portia Doubleday wasn't on this panel. Um, at first, I, I felt the same, but then I thought, well, if Portia Doubleday is going to be on this panel, then B.D. Wong needs to be on this panel, and then so does Martin Wallstrom. But they and haven't done that in the past, though. Has they, she been on panels they, before? They, I'm telling you that, yes. I mean, in the past, one, two, and three, oh. it's been at least the four of them have been on almost all the panels with Sam. It's always been Portia, Rami, Carly, Christian, and Sam on a lot of the panels. I mean, I've seen most all of them. So every once in a while, you would see a Martin Wallstrom. I've never seen B.D. Wong ever go out with them. Um, I think they brought out um, uh, Grace Gummer for season two when they went to Comic-Con in San Diego. She was out for that. But it is very bizarre. She wasn't at the table read. And I'm looking for her going, why isn't she at the table read? And it's like, okay, she's shooting Fantasy Island, this thing, you know, out in Fiji or wherever the hell she was. And it's like she didn't seem to be working. But you said because we you, you talked about that table read that her not being there, and you did some research on it, and you said it was already wrapped, so there was no reason for her not like to be there. Like it didn't seem like right. she was actually filming anything. But then again, it's like so. What the fuck is going on? Is is it so bad? And look, I've been on so many sets where people fuck each other. They just they fuck y'all. Just want just want to break it to you, and things fall apart. And there is drama to be handled. I have handled so many people's drama on movie sets. So I'm like, is that what this is? You know, is is Port having a meltdown? It doesn't want to be there. Is it Lena Headey and Jerome Flynn on Game of Thrones, where you, <laughs> we had to, all of our scenes will be, will be like all phone calls. You know, season four is like, I have to tell you something. I can't come. I'm texting you. I mean, what's going to happen in season four? Do you know what I'm saying? So th I thought that was very odd. It struck me as very odd. Unless you're saying something about season four. Then it got me theorizing and crawling through Reddit going, okay, is Angela dead in the pilot, you know, of the, the premiere of season four? You know, did we, did they bump up Angela's storyline into season three? I am your father. And then she's like, she's out. Because what are we going to do with Angela going into season four? We know for sure that she's in the final season because they had shown the behind the scenes of um, they were shooting some of the photography for the promos uh -huh. and they had her costumes in. They showed a picture of all the costumes of the characters and there was definitely an Angela there. Okay. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I also talking to some other Mr. Robot fans, everybody's kind of on the same page where they they're probably feeling like she's not going to, Angela's not going to be such as big of a character as she was in the previous season. Yeah, probably not. She'll be there, but I think she does deserve uh, some recognition or some fuller closing of course. in the series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was hoping that at Tribeca that she would be there. That would have been awesome. And I, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of the Angela character, but I felt that yeah. she, she, there was some substance there to carry the storyline around. And it was, of course, her, her history with Elliot and Darlene. So I thought, I think she's important in that sense. Um, but then when we got there and we realized, okay, there was only four chairs or however many chairs. We're like, okay, she's not showing up. And then 
I don't know. Then we, we just got excited because seeing Sam and everybody else and we didn't really care anymore. Yeah. And I don't want to, kind of how I, and again, I don't want to derail like our conversation about robot about this and I'm not fixated so much anymore. I just found it very odd, you know, cause there for a lot, a long time. It's like, where's Portia? You know, what does this mean for the season? Mm-hmm. It's always been that way, but it is the final season. It could have nothing to do with peace people's, you know, putting their parts where they, should or shouldn't it could probably have nothing to do with that or it could have everything to do with that ultimately it doesn't really matter because i feel like they're all going to be professionals and go out on the strongest foot but i did think from from season one i never understood who angela was and i feel like one of the things we learned from portia is that she went to sam and said i don't want to just be the love interest and good for her Mm -hmm. women shouldn't just be the love interest or something to be saved or furniture so mm-hmm. I think she sort of asked for this change in Angela, which is great because she did seem to have more agency as the series went on. Um, although I do feel like in seasons one and season two, it was very uneven with her. I didn't know what her character was. She was this sort of ping pong ball that was sort of bopping around and amongst the plot, and I didn't know what to do with her. And I mm-hmm. felt like that, uh, you know, Pretty much the whole season. I mean, there there were there were times when I thought, okay, that's re- she's relevant, and the other times, her character went off on this tangent where I was just like, yeah, what's the point? Like the whole the whole thing when she's in the the room with B D Wong. Yeah, and then the hanging in their baby cat room with a little girl. Like, and there's the, all this know. like weird type of you know Twin Peaks thing. Yeah, like mm-hmm. what's that? What's that all about? Because we're Sam, not, Sam likes to do weird shit. You know? That's what that's about. Sam just likes to do weird <laughs> shit. Him and Cordana's like, you know, be great. Let's do this weird kind of edgy scene. <laughs> um, I saw a lot of homage to Homecoming when I saw Homecoming. I was like, oh, are you do a little homage to you know White Rose in the Room with the whole test. <laughs> felt very much. You know, not just the fish tank imagery and all that kind of stuff, but there's something like that. Yeah, I don't know. No. No, Sam can be an important visual bitch sometimes, and it means whatever it means. It means nothing. But once we find out that, spoiler alert, if you haven't caught up with Mr. Robot before I reveal this big plot twist, stop listening right now. Um, Are you gone? And okay, so... When we learned that Price is Angela's father, which I was calling it in season two, I saw it. I kept turning to you going, that's her daddy, that's her daddy, that's her daddy. Because why, why is he giving this girl every job under the sun? I mean, we've all worked in corporate one way or the other, and you don't just get, you don't just get made the head of some shit. You know, is just some regular ass butter, buttermilk girl in New York. And you don't make the demands she's made. Right. So, you know, I'm like, she has got to be important to someone. Price keeps eye-fucking her. And I'm like, okay, so he's not trying to get in her pants. He can order a $5,000 call girl. Also, if you were going to order off the menu, you wouldn't order that girl. So it's like, so that's her daddy. Great. So once we've closed this loop and it's petty revenge, this is the thing that kind of was a gut punch for me, was that all that was, she was just a plaything, And White Rose told us so. You're a bad penny mm-hmm. that keeps turning up, right? So then we close her loop. I don't know what to do with Angela. I'm sure Sam has some great plans for Angela's character, and I would like to see her given her due. But now the story, the story has shifted over here. Dom's their, their man on the inside of the FBI. Leon's out there waiting to either, like, you know, take Cuz out for, a, you know, a cone and some weed or pop him in the back of the head. 
we got to get the shipment over to the Congo to make either the realistic Hadron, Hadron Collider make time shift, or it's, again, delusion of White Roses because bitch may be crazy. And then we got, what's his name out there? Um, uh, Elliot Villar's character. Yes, and then he's just shown up. You know, we've got uh, Vera just Vera. showing back up. So there's so many things that have got to go on in those those 10, is it 10 or 12 episodes, guys? I think it's 12. It's 12. Okay, so we've got 12 episodes. So I'm, and there's time to like spend some time with Angela, and i just like to see something coherent going on with her. Because there's a lot of... That's a, and also, we've been seeing Ronnie just run all over New York. I mean, bitch is thickened <laughs> up for season four, but... He's just force gumping it all over New York. And I'm like, yeah, Mr. Oscar, you know, going to be eating them rich meals because <laughs> you're going to be running all day. And then you're going to run on ice. You're going to run down the street. You're going to run through Central Park. Needs to carb up. It's going to spook Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> I mean, you know, he does look thicker. He looks like, you know, he's obviously he kicked the drugs in prison. So, yeah, we talked about this, how he's he doesn't really have that really slim trim that 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 slim Elliot that we had in season one, and you know, did did he curb it? Like, is he just doing weed now? Like, what what's going yeah, on? Yeah, like how is he how is he dealing? You know, does yeah. he have, does he have a job now that he's out of prison? I don't think he has a he's he got fired from Evil Corp. I and this is also can that's I right realize? that's where he got filed from. Yeah, he got fired. I want to theorize. Can mm-hmm. I theorize? Um, I believe, and I know I've said this a couple of times on the podcast, if you've listened to any of my theories of Mr. Robot, I don't think that Elliot needs money. I feel like he already has money that he got from the settlement. And I feel like he feels guilty about it. And that's why he lives in a shitty uh, part of the neighborhood. I feel like he owns the building he lives in um, for some strange reason. But the super's there. The su- well, the supervisor's going to, he's not going to, he's not going to like supervise his own property. He can get time for that. He's hacking everybody. I feel like he's. I feel like he's slumming it. Yeah. You know, I feel like. And then what's her name? And his sister's got money too. She's always wearing something fly. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, yeah. she no. just those Alderson kids. Or they're just you know hacking bank accounts and just having. Well, money, they could be doing that too, know. but I feel like That's there's true. there's something very middle class about these two kids because they come from a very middle class upbringing. So. I want to know what's up with that because Sam has said something's been staring us in the face this entire time, and I do believe that that Elliot has never needed money. He's been using his time and his effort to bring down Evil Corp while he takes their money. The guy's a very tortured soul, and then his sister's been bouncing around. And then also, who can afford, even if it's a shitty home that their mom is in, that, sh- that nursing home, whether it's in New Jersey or whether it's in New York, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So where are they getting this money from? I really hope that they explore more backstoryline of the mom a yes. little bit more. What's up with Magda? Not just yeah, yeah, with Magda. Not just what Elliot, the stories that we're seeing from his perspective, but the actual true. And I also, you and I have talked about this. Um, wanted want to learn more about Darlene getting abducted as a young girl. Was like, it I White Rose? Like, was it White Rose? Yes, was it Rose. was it Magda? Is Magda her real mom? Ooh, ooh, twisty, twist, twist, twist. Mm-hmm. See, uh-huh. there's something going on with the mom. There's something going on with her, and also I've never believed that she's just this one-dimensional person who's, 
you know, it looks like she's burning the kids and holding them down. I feel like she was a woman who was trying to control her out-of-control kid. And that Elias had his personality disorder since he was very young. And the falling out the window was just a new shift where he created Elliot. I think he created Elliot on that day or the beginnings of Elliot. There's something that happened. Uh, And again, I know that head injuries like that are not the cause of DID. I'm not a healthcare professional. I'm not saying that, guys. But I am saying there's something to this whole incident. These things that we've gone over and over and over again Within the context of the show, I feel like we're going to be focusing more on the fundamentals of the plot around the Aldersons. So maybe that's why it is. Maybe I just answered my question. Wait, Angie, you said something about, like, was it her mom that kidnapped her? That was just a thought. Um, I've been reading some different theories and just having conversations with people. And one of the, there, there's the, the white rose theory that she's the one who kidnapped Darlene. There's a theory that Darlene is not Magda's daughter Mm. and that Magda kidnapped Darlene. Or I think I read somewhere that Darlene was like a runaway and ended up, ended up with, with Magda and with, um, Edward. 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 Mm -hmm. Cause that's Um, interesting. Cause like, because when he was in prison, he was staying with his mom. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if his mom, I mean, maybe she did kidnap him. Maybe she's in prison and really not in a home. And then when they say, have you gone to visit your mom, visit mom? It's like, have you visited mom in prison? And he makes up this thing about going to the home. Man, I tell you what, this dude keep making up mind prisons. Because yeah. we can't really, we can't really trust anything that we Elliot. We can't trust sees. anything that Elliot or Sam Ismail is telling us. Yeah, and this is yeah. what I love about this show that it's one of those shows that just Sam loves it. He loves us just going on the Taurus theory. Just look that up on Reddit. All these circles within circles, even the the fake websites they put up, you know, and they have the inner all the inner emails from season three about chocolate donuts on floor fifty two and all the things that pop up in the show, if you start crawling through this stuff that Sam and those guys have made, they're fucking with us. Um, gleefully so. He goes on Reddit and he laughs his ass off. And then he's also like, shit, I wish I should have thought of that. So it's a show that serves the fan theory kind of world. So that's why I love just endlessly, you know, who is, because there's something very big and, and gaping right in front of us. Mm-hmm. That we can't see the forest for <laughs> the trees, can't see. right? That no, but nobody can see because we haven't written it. Oh yeah, that's what I love about it. You know. Well, it's interesting that you say that because <clears throat> at Tribeca, Sam had made a comment about Feinberg had asked about you know what is it like in the writers' room and you know putting together the last season. And he said that the compass for the entire storyline has always been Elliot's journey and that it's never to fake people out. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not here to fake people out. It's, it's been here all along. Okay. So it's, so it's interesting because as you watch it, you, we look for those little Easter eggs, right? We look for those little things. Oh yeah. But then, then, then I go back to Tribeca when he said it's, we're not going to fake people out. It's been there all along and the entire compass is about Elliot's journey. Okay. So then it makes me think, okay, so what is this journey that we're really experiencing right now? Is it is it the mental health issues? Is it the whole society, you know, F society thing? Like what is it really? And is it is it to each his own to interpret? 
is it also just about the day that he threw himself out the window? Because right. we keep going back to this moment, and it spooks um, Darlene when we, you know, when they bring it up. She goes, "Do you want me to tell you about that?" And and you know, I'm like, "Yes, we do." And then he's like, Ugh. "And I'm like, oh damn it!" Because you yeah. know, I think we're going to find out about these fundamental moments. Yeah, another thing that's really interesting, um, just kind of reading through IMDb and just trying to get whatever little nuggets I can get about the next season. Um, the young actor who's coming on to play little Elliot, it, he seems younger than the little Elliot we've seen before. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. There's like he's two seems like- younger Elliot's right. So yeah. there's the one from season one and then there's a the one from season three. So this guy's younger than either one of those guys. He looks smaller. He looks oh, like wow. a younger, younger boy. I'll, I'll show you, I'll send you the picture that I saw. Because the the one that was in the um, the one that was in the the uh, the movie theater the movie theater was younger, right? I thought he was a little bit. He looked a little bit older. Oh, they were trying to play the kid as the same age. So hmm. I don't know. I think I think he looks. Yeah. The, so the one in the movie theater was the same kid that stole the twenty dollars from the customer, right, at, at Mr. Robot store. No, there's no. Two, those are two different, different actors. Two different those actors. are two different bo- two little yeah. boys. Okay, so this new little boy who's been writ- who's casted as the new young Elliot, he's he looks younger than those two boys. So I'm mm. wondering. Interesting. My my mind was going. Okay, are we going even back further in time? Are we going to be exploring a little bit more about Darlene? Are we going to be exploring more about maybe young Angela and how they all grew up together and all that stuff? And I think that would be really interesting in this whole journey of of Elliot. Well, and again, there's something that oh, you just said that. Well, see, you know who was a true believer of it's not we're not gone was Elliot's mother. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, Angela's mother. Jane Moss says something to her daughter like we're not actually going to be gone. Yeah. So she's believing in White Rose's theory, too. So I don't know if we're going to go back to those childhoods and explore. And Darlene is she doesn't remember her father. So. If we, if Elliot's really young, is this before Darlene was born? Well, that's the thing. We've never seen Darlene, young Darlene. Yeah. We, in any well, of the flashbacks. The only time we've seen young Darlene is a version of her in his fever dream when he's kicking morphine in the hotel. Oh, that's she goes, right. Because we're not really friends and hands him back the key. No, well, who's your monster? What's your monster fever dream? Are you ta- is that are supposed you to be young Darlene? The- to me, that was always because she. He, she's singing. Frere, she's humming Frere Jaca. Yeah. So later on, when he real after he kisses Darlene, he's like, "We used to sing Frere Jaca to each other." She crawled into my bed after my mother abused her. Blah 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 blah. Oh, he did say they abused her. She abused him. Anyway, so I always took that to mean that in his fever dream, that little brunette-haired girl was Darlene. Oh. Huh. Ooh, I'll have to check that one out again. So, but that's not the show doing a thing with her. That's in Elliot's mind mm-hmm. of her. Mm-hmm. And again, someone's told me before, I think even Sam's even said that that fever dream tells you the entire plot of Mr. Robot. Do you know how many fucking times I've watched that thing? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? Because the girl who kisses him is supposed to be Shayla because she dies. And then you know, there's a lot of things that mirror like the show overall that do come to pass. And I'm like, oh, 
God damn. I just get exhausted. And then I just lay there with my hand in my pants, you know, eating popcorn. Just tell me what you want, what you mean, Sam. <laughs> tell me, dude. Because it's not one of those shows that you can just mindlessly watch. It's a show that definitely makes you think. And I don't know. I know we collectively have watched it probably hundreds of times. Hundreds. <laughs> every time there's something different that makes me think. Absolutely. You have to be in that space. Even the ALF thing. Like, I go back to, like, why do they keep showing the abuse between the mother and Darlene? And why does she just stay? Darlene stays knocked out the entire time. Like, she's not even present in it. And it's like, did Carly have somewhere else to be? And they just, you know. But it's like, are they telling us something there? Like, there's so many things, I think, that are right in front of our eyes that I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Sam talked, Sam talked a little bit about the Elf, the Alf episode, oh, and did. Uh, everybody say? got excited about it and just cheered because Alf was huge when I was growing up. Is definitely um, my genre. Um, he said that that that's shows like Alf from the from those eight like TGIF specifically is always Elliot's safe place. Like that's where he can go to mentally and just kind of black out and just feel like where he's the most safe. And so you know, the previous episode is where he got beaten up pretty bad. Right. And so um, that's how Mr. Robot in his mind kind of helps him and takes him to this place of Alf because that's that's his safe place, which Sam said was is ultimately his safe place, like Sam Esmail's safe place. Oh. Like those type of shows, TGIF. Mm-hmm. Wow, there you go. And also I just took it to me directly that because the prison guards were watching like Alf reruns on whatever mm-hmm. station. So that's even cooler to know. There you go. That means Elliot is like my age. Yes. Is he? Yeah, because he would have had to grow grow up in the 80s. Yeah. To have those references. So what is he like 34, 35? Like cuz it's 2015. 35 and 40. Well, uh, 45. Definitely mid 30s. Yeah. yeah, because they're doing this in 2015. And again, let's talk about what's happening in season 4 that we do know is that it's over the entire season. The series finale is over a week in Christmas. Mm-hmm. It will be uh, one long Christmas episode. There you go. The 12 episodes that takes place over the week of Christmas week. Oh, interesting. So let's talk about timeline. Let's because do. Everyone's, di- everyone's dying to know when the, um, ep- when the episode's going to go on. Um, they, and we, that's what we were hoping. We, so I thought that we were going to get some kind of snippet or some kind of little taste of what the next season was going to be like a little trailer, if you will. And it didn't happen. I thought, okay, maybe I made it up. Cause I'm, I tend to make shit up in my mind. And then I started, talk- yeah. I, I started talking to some other fans that I had, we were chatting in line and they all thought the same thing as well. I'm like, okay, so I didn't make this up. We saw somewhere, someone had hinted somewhere that we were probably going to see like a little trailer. We didn't get it. That's fine. But we're, we're trying to calculate. Okay. So if there's 12 episodes, that's 12 weeks. So if we go backwards from December, right. And we look at, so each, each month has four weeks in it roughly. Right. So we go December, November, October. So yeah, September has to be when the series is going to air. Yes. In September sometime, and then we're going to probably skip around Thanksgiving, and it'll probably end right before Christmas. There was the leaked footage, official leaked footage, if you will, from Who is Mr. Robot, and it got decoded on Reddit, because I'm always there for those people, and it said September 9th, 2019. 
Oh. Remember that? There was a blip in uh-huh. some footage that they released. Um, you had to like work through the little code or even like somebody just slowed it down and just grabbed a screen grab of it, but it said 2009. It was a bunch of just broken up um, footage that looked like, you know, it was, yep. it was like scrambled footage. So I feel like that's going to be the premiere date. They like to do stuff like that. Same. That's why we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm, I'm looking at my calendar right now if I can find it. Um, so what, what, do you know what date at the show comes? Is it Tuesday? Is it It Thursday? used to be Wednesdays, wasn't it? Wasn't it Wednesday? Because I, so. I remember having to wait for it because I buy them on uh, Prime because let's talk about how USA and AMC have the same fucking problem even though you have cable it's not on demand you can't see it on their little app thing or that whatever so i just have to wait till thursday morning i remember that being a thing so it seems like it was wednesdays again a place to like bury a show on your network but whatever so so if the show does come out on nine nine uh-huh that's a monday so if it's that week and we're looking at 12 episodes that with a week off in November for the holidays, that would put the finale on December 11th, which is the week before Christmas. Ooh, Ooh dang. Wow. We just figured something out. So I like did. this. Angie just, I tell you what, I'm not, this is something you know about Angie. If I ever go missing, don't even call the FBI, don't even call the police, just call <laughs> Angie. She will find my ass. She will find me and she will find who did it and how they did it. It'll be mm-hmm. Mr. Connor, Colonel, Connor Mustard in the library with a candlestick. She will have DNA evidence. Yep. She will know what time it is. So you're I really know. good at sleuthing this stuff. It's like if I want to know something, I'll just like tune in to like, girl, what's happening? What's going on? She's my information source. Because that's what you do. Like you are a person who like you, you deal in information. I guess we can safely say that. Uh-huh. Um, you're a person who deals in information, not unlike Mr. Alderson himself. So that, that makes so much sense. That we're, that's just how we slide into Christmas. Is that and by then Rami will have gone to the James Bond set, been hospitalized, gone through rehab, <laughs> soothed production, moved on to the Denzel Washington project um, that will come out to lukewarm reviews. <laughs> just predicting. We were just watching. We were just watching Training Day. It was on USA over the weekend. I said, "Oh, they're remaking this movie, and Rami Malek's going to be." That's all they're doing. Each- yeah. Uh-huh. They got yep. really gonna, and it's the just same. gonna be an older yeah. Denzel just freaking out, a uh, uh, Rami Malek going, "What are you doing, dude?" <laughs> and then Denzel will break an ankle, and I'm just kidding, I'm just making shit up. Do we know if any of the episodes are gonna be extended, or are they all just the, the, the we normal? We don't know that. Um, I think all we know is twelve episodes. Angie just figured out the timeline, probably September 9th. Probably Monday's better slot, by the way, USA. The show deserves that. Monday's is a great night to watch a program, I feel. Like, I love me a Sunday. I love me a Sunday. But there's something cool about a Monday night program. Well, you got, you're competing with Monday night football. But people who, I don't know. Who's watching football? If you're watching Monday Night Football, you're not watching Mr. Robot. Yeah, nerds ain't watching the NFL. That's (laughs) true. (laughs) I watch football. All right. I'll I'll see you in the other room then. We got two big TVs. I watch it for like about 15 minutes and then I stop. I am definitely going to catch it live this, you know, I'm going to try to catch it, appointment watch it this this time. Well, and Mr. Robot's not the type of show you can watch in one hit. You have to watch it four times, five times. You have to watch it at least twice in order to really... 
I'll put that yeah. pilot on this afternoon and I'll bet y'all sitting here and go, oh, you know, like I'll figure, you're so right. You can watch the show again and again and again and there's so many layers to it. It's just, it's a very dense show like that. I did that I with Game it. of Thrones too. Game of Thrones is the same thing where I'm like, oh, they're trying to tell us the entire time. Like we found out with that show, spoiler alert, that there was a raven sitting on like the arm of the first poster yeah. in season one and I was like, oh, it was there all along. Um, anything else about Mr. Robot season four? What do we hope to see? What do we think is going to happen? Any kind of anything else? I'm just ready to kind of like, I get excited when I see the filming releases, like what streets they're going to be on. You know, I'm like, oh, this is cool. There's a lot of exterior uh-huh. scenes as usual, because New York is a character in the show. I like they're doing a lot of exteriors. They're also doing a lot of studio days too, you know. Um, I'm just ready to like kind of like, okay, the filming is over. I'm gonna I'm just gonna try to forget about it and then just let it happen because I don't know. I just I get a little overstimulated when I start thinking about what is it coming out? And then I just need to put on a thunder shirt and lay on the couch. I don't I don't um I think something's gonna happen to Darlene. Oh yeah, and I really don't. I don't want it to. I'm really worried about that. She's like my Aria on this show. Yeah, I'm like I really don't want anything to happen to my sassy little bitch. And like she's she's like the only thing that can, you know, get to Elliot. Like if Elliot dies, I think none of us are going to be surprised. It's going to hurt. It's going to leave a mark. Yeah, you know, we're all going to get the t-shirts and cry. I get it. I'll have a mug made, but. I don't think any of us are going to be surprised if Elliot croaks or Ty- Tyrell gets hit by a train or Joanna's ghost stabs in the balls. I don't know. But I just, I feel like Darlene is like my precious little muffin cake. <laughs> I don't want anything to happen to her, but she's already had a conversation on the street. Will you avenge, you know, revenge my death? And I'm like, that's not a good interchange yeah. between the Alderson kids. And she, you know, she did. Murderize uh She did the kill Susan Jacobs yeah. straight up. So Yeah, I think I think that's gonna be that may be the shock value in the first half of the season. Yeah. Someone's gonna go for sure. I really hope it's not Elliot. I mean, we all love Elliot so much, but he's just represents so many things in today's society. And I think that there's a way that I don't know. I feel like Elliot can certainly be uplifted and continue to just be present with what's happening today. I like for him to just fade into the background, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just like disappear, just go subterranean. Yeah. And or, um, or, or Dom too, because she, you know, <gasps> Dom. Yeah. Cause she's like, now she's, she's stuck in this thing out of yes. no, you know, she didn't do anything. I was trying to figure out what's Dom going to say. I had a dream about this two nights ago. I don't know why. I'm really obsessing about Mr. Robot these days. But, like, she's going to come back to work on Monday and go, okay, so you saw Santiago punch me on the cameras in the parking lot with a perp in the back. Here's what happened, guys. Like, how is she going to explain this away? Also, she was ready to, like, get baseball baseball to death by, you know, Bobby Cannavale yeah. out in the woods and then he started threatening her family, and that's the only reason that she, like, rolled and said show. But, like, how is this lawman, this, you know, I just see her as this swaggering, like, high plains drifter kind of lawman. How is she 
going to just sit there and like do this every day. She's going to have to work with the Aldersons to bring down these dudes. She's going to have to turn to get put her hatred aside and work with Elliot and Darlene in some way. To, to get White Rose. Somehow uh-huh. bring her down. Because we got to get White Rose. Yeah. What kind of stone cold bitch kills her boyfriend in the bathtub? I mean, I've done some cold ass shit to people in the past. <laughs> Some old boyfriends, a couple of girlfriends. I've done some cold shit, but I don't think I've ever, like, broke up with somebody and then caused them to commit, like, suicide while I was in the tub. It's cold, girl. It's cold, White Rose. The, the power that White Rose has, right? Tell you what. Just, she just... <clears throat> so, yeah. And I miss Grant Chang already. I wish we had a flashback with Grant. Please let Lover Assistant have just a little tiny kind of cameo. On set, I'm I'm excited for the flashbacks. You know, in the final season, there always tends to be the. I'm excited to see Shayla again. Hopefully, see Shayla again. We'll yeah. we'll see. I don't know. Attorney Susan Jacobs. It's just it'll be interesting just to see everybody again all at once. It'll be fun. I don't know if Frankie's allowed on television right now though. Oh, right. <laughs> she kind of stepped in it. I hope there's forgiveness. I hope she's learned a lesson, and because I love Frankie so much, yeah. you know, it was it was like a real bummer when Shayla died, and then I was like, oh, Ooh. oh, <laughs> oh shit, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'm just ready for it. I'm just I'm ready for it, and then I'm not ready for it. I'm gonna be like a mess if you are in town and we end up watching this finale with the three of us on the couch. You'll see mm-hmm. me ugly cry again. I expect it. I will not hold back. I will be snotting all over the place. I'm just, I was crying last night watching Chernobyl. Like I was just a hot mess. I was just like, <laughs> 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 it really happened. Oh my God. So uh, I was a hot mess during the Game of Thrones finale. I'm just a hot mess when it comes to these things. Come on now. I'm yeah. an emotional person. I've always been this way. But You're like, human. I'm, yeah, I guess. There you go. Human. I also just, I'm not afraid of my emotions. But I would not. Fuck somebody up in the bathtub. Get out okay. and towel off and put on a robe or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for listening to the Mr. Robot Season 4 preview. Uh, if you have theories about the show that you want to share with us that we're overlooking. I've read a bunch of stuff on Reddit now. I'm not saying this is the only theories out there. But if you have something that we haven't thought of that you want to share with us, let us know on our social media. We're Ashen Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Just be nice. Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. And, um, yeah, we will see you very, very soon. Goodbye, friend. Bye. (laughs) 